Welcome. Thanks for tuning in to the Restoration Church Podcast. Stay tuned for today's sermon. Enjoy, and God bless. Instruction for our life, Lord God. Change us this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. amen. This is a wonderful time of the year. I am excited to let you know why it's so wonderful. This is the time of the year when things change. <laughs> Christmas decorations go up all around. Uh, this time of the year, uh, you hear music, Christmas music in the stores, the radio, and during our lovely, sweet worship. The children are starting to be extra careful in their, their actions. Christmas movies are on every other station. And it's just something about this time of the year. So much so that even the greetings change from just hello to a hearty Merry Christmas. Yeah. It's truly a great time when everyone changes their greeting. Mm-hmm. Amen. Including a neighbor who never speaks, <coughs> finally says, Happy Holidays. Mm. Man, it's just something about the Christmas season. But for many, for many, it isn't so wonderful. Amen. Unfortunately, life still happens around this time of the year, and Satan is still on his game. So for many, it's only a reminder of horrific circumstances and events that have taken place in their life uh, during this season. So hopefully, I can encourage the already encouraged, and hopefully I can encourage the, the, the downtrodden and the lowly and the ones that don't think well of this time of the year, but want to. So let's rehearse the reason for the season. Point number one, God can't lie. Let's go to um, Genesis chapter 1, verse 27 through 28. So God created man in his own image. And in the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. And God blessed them and said unto them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. The word subdue here means to overcome, to bring under control. The word dominion in this verse means sovereign control over a territory. God said, let them have dominion, that's Adam and Eve, and subdue. When read together, it sounds like this. Let them sovereignly control this territory. When God gave man total control of the earth, he couldn't violate what he had spoken. Now, the control and the outcome of the planet are in the hands of human beings. To help you understand this better, just say, for instance, I, cre- I started a business. And I built this business from the ground up. And I began to work this business, and I made it perfect, all right? It was a, it's a well-oiled machine. It's making money. Employees are happy. I'm happy. Everybody's happy, right? And so, in essence, this is what God did. He created the heavens and the earth, and I, and I trained my son on how to run the business. 
everything from the ends and the outside. Also, uh, let him become the assistant at one point in time. And then at one, at one point in time in the business, I get him total control over my company and I retire and leave my hands off of every decision that's now need to be made within this company. All right? And my son make choices that run the business in the ground. All right? Is it my fault that he ran the business into the ground? No. I left, I took my hands off of it. All right? This is what, in essence, what God did with Adam. Amen? He gave him total control. And when he did that, that locked him out of him making his own choices. Amen? Because he also gave Adam a will. So Satan put together a plan to get mankind to give him authority. Satan enters the body of a serpent because only through a physical body you can have access to this physical realm. Satan's number one objective is to gain access to a body. Let me say that again. Satan's number one objective is to gain access to a body. But in order to have total control of this world, he needs Adam to give it to him. Satan enters the body of a serpent, deceives Eve into eating the forbidden fruit. She then gets Adam to eat as well. And all at the same time, giving all rights and authority over to Satan by this choice. When Adam chose to obey, disobey God, he put himself under the authority of God's enemy. And just like that, control has been handed over to Satan. God told Adam not to eat of the fruit. And if he did, he would surely die. The death that God was talking about was not just physical death, but a spiritual one. But God cannot lie. If he said, if you eat of the fruit, you shall surely die, this is the beginning. You shall surely, surely die, if God said that. And this is the beginning of the biblical Christmas story. Because of this, the promise of death is now part of the culture of this world. Death entered the world through the sin of Adam. And we know the wages of sin is death. God is holy and cannot lie. If he said you will die, you will have to die. But if, and we know that's not the end of the story. Of course, God couldn't just come down and fix everything because he's just. And because he's just, he loves justice. Because God is just, he has to let you reap what you sow. All judgment is, is allowing you to reap what you've been sowing, and what you sow is what you say you want. What you sow is what you say you want. Why? Because the wages of sin is death. The Bible says God cannot be mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reapeth. If you sow it to the flesh, you will reap corruption. So in essence, if you sow it in the flesh, you're saying you want corruption. Yeah. Or you want death. He said you sow to the spirit, you will reap life. Yeah. But it's according to your choice. It's according to what you choose. Amen? Amen. And that's all justice is. 
It's not God being unfair. It's God being as fair as possible. Amen? Because he can't lie. He can't, God can't just smudge, you know, and curve your answer and curve your judgment. You have to reap whatever he says that you sowed. Amen? Have to. This is, this is why he just couldn't come down and fix things immediately. God is holy and cannot lie. Amen? And, and, and that's why he couldn't just fix it. But God is so intelligent and so good that he all had already had plans to come down and fix it. Point number two, the womb. This is so good, y'all. Listen, this is some good stuff. Genesis chapter 2, verse 21. The wound is so blessed. You women are so blessed. You are so blessed. This is a good time to get happy, women. <laughs> Amen. So the Lord God caused man to fall into a deep sleep. While the man slept, the Lord God looked out one of man, took out one of man's ribs and closed up the opening. Then the Lord made a woman from the rib. It was at this time God was considering. If all this should go south, how can I come back and fix it? It was while he was making you, women, and designing your physical nature, God was thinking about coming back. This is how important you are to God, women. God took his time with you. And I'm going to give you some pointers this morning on how I believe um, why you are so different. The word woman, wolf, man, breaks down like this. A man with a womb. Wolf, man. Amen? You were made very special and unique, women. Stand up, wife. You know I got to put you on display. You are blessed. Come here. I want to say that you are blessed. I'm so happy that you are my wife. And I'm so glad that God put us together. All right? One of the reasons I'm so glad that God put us together is because of uh, not just us being best friends, but our wonderful, beautiful children. All right? And I, what's so wonderful about it is um, God put us together. Amen. It's a very unique relationship. I am so happy to be happily, can I say happily married? Yes. <laughs> happily. Amen. Um, but this womb, God blessed woman, the woman with a womb. And I thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to love you and to produce righteous, righteous children in this world. Y'all give God some praise for beautiful woman. My wife. That's mine. Amen? Um, the wound, this is so good. Women, you should be excited around this time because God was thinking about you when he was thinking about Christmas. You're very important to God. The wound is the gateway into this physical realm. The wound is specifically designed in such a way 
that God could enter through it without the mixing of blood. And I must give you some scientific facts, some very intriguing, wonderful, powerful facts concerning the womb. Uh, and one of the things that I like about the womb, especially when a woman becomes pregnant, is it's a very unique organ that forms. It's called the placenta. The placenta starts is an organ that starts when a woman becomes pregnant that starts to form within her body that's totally separated from her whole her, outside of her uh, spinal cord, outside of the rest of her organs for her body. And so let me give you some very unique facts. Number it's this number one, I believe, and I'm gonna go through a few of them. The placenta delivers a baby, the baby's nutrients. And I didn't know that. I didn't know how the placenta worked. But it connects to the umbilical cord. The placenta also, and works, supplies oxygen to the baby's body. Totally separated from the mother. The placenta also functions without the nervous system. When the placenta leaves, the milk starts. But it's also a filter. The placenta takes the woman's blood, pulls nutrients from it, and keeps their blood separated. Why is this so important? It's so important because when God was, was planning on, when he was creating a woman, he said, I can't mix with them. I can't get their sin-contaminated blood mixed with mine. So when he planted Jesus within Mary's womb, he was thinking. Jesus' blood couldn't mix with the woman. So that's why Jesus stayed pure while he was in the woman. Have you ever thought about that? She was still in sin. But the placenta allows the blood to be, the, the woman's blood to be filtered in a sense like the liver. To be filtered and allow the nutrients that the baby needs to come from the blood without mixing the blood. Ain't that something? Wow. So Jesus, when God came in and planted that seed, his pure blood wouldn't be contaminated. Ain't that something? And God created you, women. I think that's something to be happy about. Very unique and very special. Amen. So, one thing that God needed to get our sins forgiven and take care of this problem is he needed a body. Genesis chapter 3, verse 13. Then the Lord God asked the woman, what have you done? The serpent deceived me, she replied. That's why I ate. Then the Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, you are cursed more than all animals, domestic and wild. You will crawl on your belly, groveling in the dust as long as you live. You know, scientists have proven, and they look at the skeleton of the snake, and they can see where the snake used to have legs and arms. Amen. And it's, so, and it's now infused into the backbone. And they say that happened over 150 million years ago. But we know God. Amen. I think science just proves God all the way, you know? They try to separate it, but I say, man, praise God. He's smarter than everybody. You know? And so I just love it. 
when scientists discover things, it just helps me believe in God even more. Uh, Genesis chapter 5, verse 15, and this is what he says. And I will put enmity, enmity means irreconcilable hostility, between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed, and it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt be bruised, and thou shalt bruise his heel. God say, this is what God told the serpent. This woman going to always be a problem for you. Women going to be a problem for you, say. They're going to be giving you hell for the rest of eternity. <laughs> Jesus is all, the woman is always going to be a problem for the serpent because of this. And Merry Christmas to you all because this is why uh, he came through the woman to put his heel on the devil's head. The womb is blessed and sacred. There will always be conflict and hostility between the woman and serpent because God can't lie. Point number three, someone has to die. Isaiah 61 and 8 says, For I, I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery and wrongdoing. I will faithfully reward my people for their suffering and make an everlasting covenant with them. God gave Adam two commands that kept him uh, that he couldn't violate. His integrity wouldn't let him do it. He would have to violate his word. And these two commands that kept him from violating and coming in, coming down and fixing it. When God gave Adam authority, he also gave him a will. So God couldn't make Adam choose. So he, he didn't want robots. Mm -hmm. That command, when God gave Adam that authority, that command locked God out of the decision-making processes for earth. Amen. And so now it's totally up to mankind. And two, he said, if you eat of the tree, you shall surely die. This is, a, this is a big problem to God. Why? Because God can't die. God can't die. He is life. And in him there is no darkness at all. Every, all life comes from God. Amen? And God cannot die. And sin brought death into the world. And the only way you can die is in a body. Amen. Amen. God is a spirit. And the spiritual world is the unseen world. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 18 says, While we look at the things which are seen, but, are, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary. That means everything you see is temporary. This physical realm is temporary. That means it has an end. It has a depth. This physical realm do. But the things that are not seen, they are eternal. And we know God is not seen. No man has seen God at any time, but only the Son. Amen. No one knows the Father accurately except the Son. And no one knows the Son accurately except the Father. The things that are unseen cannot die. They are eternal. They, they will last forever. So in order for him to come and die for the sins of the world, he needed a body so he can die for both, for, for both death, the physical death and the spiritual death. The death that God was talking about was a spiritual separation from God. Let me say that again. Because when Adam and them sinned, did they die immediately just like that physically? No. But the Bible says that if you if you, he eat up the fruit, the death he was talking about was a separation from God or a separation from God's blessed influence. And also when we sin, 
there's a separation that occurs. That's why you don't want to sin. Because it's, it, cut off your, it cut off his influence into your life like he wants it. Amen? We want to keep a constant flow of God into our lives. That's why we need him to teach us how not to sin or how to live righteously. Amen? Because he just don't teach you how not to do something, but he also teach you to start doing something. Amen? Let's fast forward to the garden of Gethsemane. I'm so grateful for this portion of scripture because it shows Jesus, humanity, side of the son of, of Jesus. Luke 22, verse 40 through 42 says, there he told them, pray that you will not give in to temptation. He walked away about a, throne, a stone's throw and knelt down and prayed, Father, if you are willing, Please take this cup of suffering from me. Yet I want your will to be done and not mine. Many interpret this as Jesus almost sinned. Because it's like he's saying no to God, right? It almost sounds like Jesus is saying no to God. And I submit another perspective to you today. Amen. It's a very good portion. He said, not my will, but your will be done. So what was going on in Jesus at this time? I mean, to be able to pray blood drops of sweat and to be praying so hard that blood come from his pores. What is going on with Jesus? He is praying for another way. Why is he praying for another way? Let me give you a revelation. All right. Why is he praying for another way? Because let's think about it from Jesus' perspective. He's never been separated from God. Never. Out of all of eternity, Jesus never been separated from God. There's been no separation between him and God. Since all his existence, he's never known separation from the Father. Amen. And so one of the things that was coming across Jesus' mind was separation had to occur, though. All right. And it's just like this. It's just like a baby coming in. You know, and the mother had a baby, and after about six or seven months, eight months, a year, whatever, mother want to start working, and she takes that babe into the nursery or the daycare center, and that babe has never been separated from mama. And soon as that baby hit that nursery care, and she could be the best caregiver ever, amen, but soon as that baby feels that his mother is not, or he or she mother is not holding him, Guess what's going to happen? <laughs> now, do we hold, do we all of a sudden just judge that baby and say, you just need to stop crying, you just need to stop, no. Why? The baby haven't known separation. That's why it's important that you, you know, pass your baby alone and let other people touch him. But think about it from Jesus' perspective. He's never been separated from the Father. Now, death has to occur, because don't nobody know nothing about death. God don't know nothing about death. Amen? If we look at being separated from himself, right? If that's the definition that we're going to go by. So think about it. Jesus wanted another way. He didn't want to be separated from his father. He didn't want to go 
and, and, and experience and go to a place where his father wasn't going to go with him. And so it's just understandable that, Lord, I don't want to leave you, you know? It wasn't even about the cross. It wasn't even about the physical tor torment and torture. It was a spiritual separation that he was thinking about. Just understand, man, he was, every, every miracle, the Father was there with him through the power of the Holy Spirit. He showed him how to answer every problem. He showed him how to answer, overcome every circumstance. It wasn't a circumstance Jesus couldn't handle when he was on the earth. Because of his intimacy of the, with the Father. So separation never occurred, even while he was on the earth. Why? Because he hasn't been contaminated by sin. Sin is what brings separation between God, especially unrepentant sin. Amen? So in closing, Matthew chapter 27, verse 45 through 46. Now from the sixth hour, there was a darkness over the land until the ninth hour. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabashitani. That is, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? I like challenges, you know? <laughs> so why has God forsaken me? Now, it was at this time when God had placed all our unrepentant sin on Jesus. Because the, listen, to, listen to those words. He said, why hast thou forsaken me? That, that was the first time God has been ever, ever separated from Jesus. And he cried, why have thou forsaken me? It was at this time that God placed all of our unrepentant sin on Jesus. It was at this time that Jesus also not was just taking this, the physical death and, and, and taking that into account for our sins, but he also paid the price for our spiritual one also. What is our spiritual death? Separation from God. Now we have, now we have the right to enter into the throne. Amen? Because he was willing to be separated. You, it, it, we will never know the, the, the price that were paid. Never know. Never understand this part. We understand going from death into life. Jesus understands going from life to death. That's a whole other perspective. Is all you know is life, now you got to experience death? We coming out of death to life. Amen? Another perspective. This was a ridiculous price. And this is the reason for the season. Jesus said, when God placed that sin on Jesus, our sin, my sin, your sin, that unrepentant sin, we know sin and God can't go habitate. We know darkness and light can't exist at the same time. God had to separate from Jesus when, when he placed our unrepentant sin on him. And when God turned his back on Jesus, that's when death came. If God never separated from Jesus, Jesus would still be alive. Why? Because there is no death in God. God is life. And you start hanging around him, you're going to live. Amen? You are going to live you hang around God. That's why we're going to live forever. Now think about this. God turned his back on Jesus and then did, did, did God strike Jesus now? No death came to Jesus. Amen? 
Death came to Jesus for me and your, on me and your behalf. And we have never understand that price. So now Jesus has to trust God to bring them back. And he go down into hell for us, out on our behalf. Amen. And do, and do a lot down there. But God had all this in, in the plan where he was thinking about coming to earth. He just needed a body. And Jesus came and entered the body and died. And it was a perfect sacrifice for our sins. So Merry Christmas. The womb is so blessed. Jesus couldn't have got a womb, got a body without the womb. And the womb was created with this purpose in mind. To supply a body for God to come and die for your sins. And that concludes today's sermon. Thanks again for joining the Restoration Church Podcast. If you would like to learn more about Restoration Church, please go to our website, r4sq.org, to learn more. We pray that today's sermon has encouraged and empowered your journey in following Jesus. We pray you have a great week. God bless.